This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com everybody we have got a guest on the line that i think you're thoroughly going to enjoy as we said in the intro we have uh, the first bear kill that we're going to tell the story of i hope it's obviously not our last but i have on the line a pennsylvania native he's an outdoor writer for earned media and diy journal tim how you doing buddy i'm doing well guys now, I left your last name off there because I forgot to ask you ahead of time, and I'm terrible with names. Is it Sysak? It's it's uh, Sysak. You can go about it all different kinds of ways. So it's uh, <laughs> You took a stab at it, and I give you credit for it. But yeah, Sysak, Sysak, there's actually a dilemma in the family as well about how to say it. So you're all good. Well, dude, uh, tell me, how, how was your 2017-2018 season? This season, actually, it, it's been unbelievable. Um, I did a lot of traveling, both in the spring for Turkey, and then uh, also did some traveling in the fall. Um, and I didn't leave a state this year out of the five I think I traveled to without having a tag notched and something in the truck. So, whoa, um, it's been it's been incredible. Um, <clears throat> so I got to travel out to the Midwest for spring, and got myself a Merriam out there as well as a double bearded Eastern in Missouri, <clears throat> and then uh, come the fall. I uh, took a, a DIY public land trip to Idaho, um, initially going for elk slash mule deer. I had tags for both. And uh, after we got there, it was kind of like we switched into mule deer mode and I shot a 160-inch mule deer on public land on the second day. So it Whoa. was it was unbelievable. I mean, I couldn't ask for more. And then that was in September and it was in the gnarliest terrain backcountry that you can get to um to the point where they actually had a rifle season in idaho for this season. 
Um, so it's really the only place in the country that you can hunt mule deer and elk with a rifle um, in mid-September when the rut, when the rut's on for the elk, you know. So it was unbelievable. And then coming back, you know, it was the end of September. I was gearing up for my home state, Pennsylvania, as you mentioned. I grew up here. Um, grew up hunting just as anybody else in northeastern Pennsylvania does. They wait till they're 12 years old and they go out with the rifle for a couple of days and that's it. And I soon got addicted to the bow hunting aspect of it and got addicted to the turkey hunting aspect. And um, it just kind of spiraled from there and became an addiction. So I got to come back in October and took a nice buck. And then I, two weeks later on Halloween, I, I took this bear that we're going to dissect the hunt through. So I'm looking forward to it. Hey, Walt. Yes, sir. You might shoot me, but they shot a deer on the lease, and they can't find it. Okay. Um, can I run? I mean, oh. you can you can run. I just walk walk to your truck and, and, and go well, help I mean, can I, What I'm saying is, can you handle it? Yeah. No, I've got this. This is a live emergency, folks, right here. This is staying in the recording. <laughs> this, is, this is good news, man. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it's a buck. I think it's a young guy just shot his first deer, but they can't find it, and so. That's uh, hey, man, why. this is a hunting podcast. I think if I told you no, that <laughs> I think I'd be it works spe- out pretty well, don't you? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, absolutely. Right, I'll, uh, I'll I'll holler at you. It's good to meet you, man. Damn. You too, bud. Take care. Good luck on the deer. Let's well, know how it goes. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Let's see if he hangs well, up if that loses the whole thing. Hold on one second. Falling like ducks. I'm telling you, dude, you scared him off. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> no, he kidding. heard about my season and he's like, oh man, I got to get out of here. <laughs> that's what it was. This is going to be a long <laughs> podcast. <laughs> oh, guys. Okay. Well, that's cool, man. That's that's good news, though. I hope he can help uh, that, that fellow find his first deer because if that's the case, I'd be sick to my stomach if I didn't go help somebody. Yeah. No, absolutely. Totally understandable. And, that, that always takes priority, especially if it's a first deer, you know. Absolutely. Well, any deer, but yeah. It, 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 there's a, a an emotional attachment that comes to that first one, so. Absolutely. So, let me ask you this. So, I, I'm just curious, because I'm primarily a bow hunter. When did you move into that progression of bow hunting? Uh, it's, let's see, like I said, I started right around 12. That's the legal hunting age in Pennsylvania to, to start hunting, and it kind of started as just a family thing. I mean, that's the Pennsylvania heritage, you know, growing up. And then, uh, 15 years old, uh, I bought a bow off a friend used and didn't really know what I was doing and just figured it out along the way. No one in my family really stuck with hunting outside of the couple days that they went out with a rifle. So I was kind of on my own, you know, learning from that and bought a tree stand and I didn't really have an acre of land to call my own and neither did my friends or family. So we, uh, we were stuck on public land, so it was it was hard for a couple of years. I still I still enjoy hunting public land. You know, I, I push it to, to people. You know, there's some hidden gems out there, but right around 16 years old, I, I really got into it. And at 18, I took uh, I took my first buck, which was a nice hundred inch nine point. You know, and took it on my wow. mother's birthday, and it was it was just awesome. It was actually my first buck, not even first bow buck. I mean, it was Whoa, my first buck man. Period. So it was after that. It was like I just. I just want to hunt with the bow. I mean, rifle season, it, it's nice to just go out, but, you know, if, if you gave me the choice between the two, I'd pick up the bow every time, so. Yeah, I'm I'm the same way. From uh, There are some the, some Western hunts that I want to do that I think if I'm ever fortunate enough to draw that, you know, um, 
I'll probably just end up taking the gun just because it's it's one of those things, you know, it's like if I get a chance to hunt Rocky Mountain Ram or something like that or something. Yeah. I, I, you know, just being able this to. This is my third year out west, and uh, the first two years we, we bow hunted elk in Colorado. And over those two years, I had my bow drawn back five times and couldn't release an arrow, which is pretty ridiculous on over-the-counter tags. I mean, I, I hunted my butt off. And uh, I had opportunities, and something just went wrong. Either they smelled me, or it wasn't a legal bull, or or something was just off. So this year, when um, my buddies were going on a date that I couldn't go, I kind of took it on myself to do something a little different, and that's what brought up the rifle hunt in Idaho. I was just wanting to go out and just not take that bow and (laughs) realize how much bow hunting sucks at times, you know, but... It's something that just keeps driving you. I think I saw a shirt somewhere, and it just—it was two words, and it was just "bow hunting sucks." And it, it's yeah, true, that, man. That's the—that's the man, Zach Griffin, man. He's—he's a—he's a big bow hunter out west, and he started that branding, and it, it's true. It's true, and I think any bow hunter would be happy to have that shirt because we've all been there. Oh yeah, absolutely. I didn't know they were for sale. I thought that might have been like a homegrown deal, but I'm gonna have to get on there and get one now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, well, brother. So let me ask you this: Was the where where did you hunt the the bear that you shot? What state? That was that was my home state. So that was Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it was. And Pennsylvania does have a lot of bear, but the thing with the bow is the game commission, the way they run the seasons. It was uh, the amount of time that you had and the time of year it was it just made the odds a whole lot worse. So prior to this year it was a monday through friday only and it came in after our bow season for whitetail so our bow season for whitetail goes out on the second saturday in november and then bear would come in that monday to friday so you're hunting mid-november for pennsylvania black bear monday through friday and even with the flexibility of my job it just it just wasn't feasible to want to go out there you know monday through friday and and hunt bear with a bow but you did it because that's the only time you had sure um so i, I was think everybody's been the there once or twice few years <laughs> yeah so actually this year they just changed it and the fact that they changed it is what allowed me to take this bear so what they did this year is they moved it to the last week in october and it overlapped into the first week of november so it started on the 30th which was monday and they actually added a saturday to it so you had a Monday through Saturday, but still in Pennsylvania, you have six days to kill a bear with a bow and that's it. So your chances are pretty limited. Well, uh, you know, it's, I, I'm surprised. And I guess this is just because I'm ignorant on the matter. I'm surprised Pennsylvania had bear, um, you know, Florida, Florida is chock full of bear, but because of protesters, we can't hunt them. And, uh, mm. yeah, dude, we got a, we got a pile of bear down here, dude. We had one season and, uh, people spread a whole bunch of fake information about us killing killing pups, or I guess I don't know that's, what you call that's them. That's a shame. It Usually, really is. Now, the rifle season here is only a couple days. It comes, at least in my unit, it comes in for a couple days, and then it goes out, and then it comes in for a couple days once the whitetail rifle season comes in. But usually at the end of the year, Pennsylvania is up and around 3,500 bears that are har- that are harvested. So it's a good chunk, and actually this year with the weather that we had, with the few days that you have to hunt a bear in Pennsylvania, with the weather that we had this year, 
Um, I think they just broke 2,000. So if you're ever looking to hunt Baird, probably next year is going to be the year to do it. Wow. Okay. Well, that population is a lot bigger than what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. It's a, now, it all depends on where you're at, but uh, you know, most of the northern part of the state is all you know big mountains. So that makes you sense. got a lot of deer hiding there, and then you know across the southern part of the state where most of the uh, most of the market is farming and everything, you know, you got, you got your farm fields, you got your food source and everything else there. So there's a difference, you know, you got, you got some bears that are going to be hunting food sources and you got some bears that you're going to be hunting in, in big mountainous areas. And y'all have got a lot of public land in the Northern part of the state as well, too. Yeah. I can probably get to just personally where I live. I could probably reach about a dozen different, uh, sections of game lines up here within 15 minutes of my house so i mean it's, it's thousands and thousands of acres and it, like you said it's usually up north and then as you get south it gets a little a little uh you know sparse but there's still there's there's a lot of public land opportunities in here uh, you know in this state well cool deal so you know I, I i'll be honest with you i'm ignorant on a bear hunt and what goes into it so why don't you go ahead i'll give you the floor now why don't you tell me uh Go ahead and give me the backdrop, the couple of years going into this, and then how did you prepare or anything that you feel is relevant? Go ahead. You've got the floor. All right. Thanks. I, I'm going to run through probably the last two seasons, and then I'll walk through the hunt from this season, which kind of led up to this you know, next chapter in the book on uh, closing the deal on a broom finally. Okay. Um, so about several years ago, I, I acquired a, a small lease um, not far from my house here, and uh, – once I kind of got settled into bow hunting and everything, it was always something in on my bucket list to take a bear with the bow. And it was just countless scouting. And a, along that lease, I got access to the back end of a public piece. And that public piece was very rocky. It was very mountainous. Um, basically just held some good areas for some bear dams. So in the spring when I was out listening for turkeys, I was doing more bear scouting than I was turkeys. You know, you were walking around, you were hiking, you were trying to find bear sign. And if a turkey gobbled, then I'd sit there and, you know, listen to him and see which direction he was going or if he was on the roost, what he was doing. So my spring was bear scouting and turkey hunting. And I got to find a couple areas where, you know, there's good bear sign, there's bear traveling through here. And every year, you know, bow hunting and even rifle hunting. Yeah, I was always traveling in mid-November um, to another state for whitetail or another big game species. I didn't really land myself in my home state come rifle season for bear. Um, so I pretty much limited my time to harvest a bear in this state to bow season. Um, and with only having five days, it was it was pretty it was pretty tough. I mean you're trying to kill a bear within 40 yards um they're not around here like deer you know you're looking at a small percentage of the population of the deer so it, it put the odds definitely in the in the bear's favor more than the hunters and uh two years i i hunted the back end of this public piece and the first year out of those five days that i hunted and i hunted every morning both years prior to prior to this year and it just didn't happen. I, I saw a bear two two days in the first year and none the second year. And it just 
you're not going to call a bear in. You can't sit there with a grunt call. You can't, you know, in Pennsylvania, <laughs> you can't bake. So you can't go to the store and buy a bunch of apples or corn or whatever, whatever you want, or go to Dunkin' Donuts when they're done with their morning rush and get all the donuts left over and throw it out in the woods. So you're kind of stuck with hunting trails. I mean, you're, you're stuck the same way you hunt deer. You're trying to find trails. You're trying to find bedding areas. You're trying to find dens. You're trying to find anything that a bear is going to want to be in this area for food sources. And I was hunting, I was bow hunting in the thickest stuff. So I was taking my 40 to 50 yard range that I would be comfortable with, which 50 is probably even pushing it in hardwoods. And I was shrinking that down to like 15 because the bear sign was in there. It was thick thorn bushes and pickers and everything else. But there was a lot of berry bushes in there. So there's a lot of food source. It's that season at the time was mid November, beginning in November to like mid November. So at that time, those bears are going to be gearing up, getting ready for hibernation. And I was stuck on food sources. I was stuck where the sign was, where the fresh sign was. And those two years, it just, it didn't happen. So this year, <clears throat> moving into this year, I was for they they changed the bear season to uh, the end of October, and it, like I said before, it went into the first week of November. Well, if you can hunt whitetail in Pennsylvania at any time, you want to be there from Halloween through like November fifth, because that is when the right whitetail rut happens almost every year. And the last three years, I think it was, I've killed my buck in archery season between the dates of november 2nd to november 6th and that was the time to be in the woods so when they when i noticed that they changed the bear season i didn't really i didn't really give a lot of thought or time into it because i was kind of counting on killing my buck during that time Mm -hmm. so my thought was more you know what are these bucks doing where are they going to be in the rut and if a bear walks through then great i'm going to shoot a bear so that was so i kind of like just closed the book on it this year like wondering what the game commission was gonna do you know i i'm not a great whitetail early season hunter because i don't bait during the summer and i don't i just kind of watch trails i i really watch the deer you know i use cameras i let them be in their natural habitat i don't try to draw them into my cameras that sort of thing so I'm not a, a great early season hunter because I'm not stuck on those food sources and feeding patterns and everything. I'm more like where the deer want to be midday, you know, where they're going to be bedding, where the does hanging out. So when stuff starts gearing up, these bucks are starting to cruise. You know, I, that's usually like mid to late of bow season. I'm pretty successful. So that's how it's always been. So I just kind of crossed it off. I was like, I'm not, I'm done scouting for bear this year. I'm just going to focus on the deer and then, lo and behold, we got a cold front for two days in mid-October. Um, it was actually October 16th. It was a Monday. And I was planning to hunt this nice 10-pointer that I had on a piece of public land um, the next morning, which would have been Tuesday morning. So I go out in my stand Monday evening, and I go out to um, near my lease where I, where I hunt closer to where I live. And I have this beautiful A-point that comes down i got three doe feeding out in front of me and this a point comes and walks right underneath my stand and i had him on camera the last two years and he was just perfect i mean zero deductions on this deer and i just couldn't let it walk and 
I shot this deer probably six feet from the base of my tree. Um, he ran 10 yards and piled up. So at that point in Pennsylvania, you can only hunt, you can only shoot one buck right now. They just started talking about possibly doing a lottery for a second buck, but you have to be very subjective and very picky of what deer you're going to take. If you have a lot of time to hunt. And my, my thought process on that was if you're going to take that deer on the last day of bow season, you take it on the first day. So I took that deer. I was more than pleased with him. And that was October 16th. So now I got bear season two weeks from now and I got no buck tag. So it's like, what do you do? Um, so I'm, I'm not one to go trancing around in the woods on people on public land or anything like that. When you got, you know, other people hunting. So Monday night, the first day of bear season, well, Monday was a washout. It was windy. It was, uh, October 30th and it was terrible weather. I went to work for once and just said, forget it. I'm not hunting before. I'm not hunting after work. It is what it is. I'm chalking it up. Didn't even buy my license. So Monday nights, I usually spend dinner with, at my dad's house. Um, you know, it's kind of our bonding time. So usually it's always eat dinner, then hang out, watch TV, you know, shoot some bull. And that's about it. Then I head home. So after dinner, I was like, dad, I got to go. I'm sorry. I can't stick around. I got to go buy my bear tag. <laughs> I even buy my bear tag yet. Yeah. So I run over to Walmart at like 10 o'clock at night, you know, God bless Walmart. Get my bear tag, run home. And Tuesday morning <laughs> is Halloween morning. So I'm set up in an area back on the back end of this public land that I've been hunting. And there's sign. You know, I, I know there's sign in there. I know the bear use it. And I sit there through the whole morning, didn't even see a deer. And I'm like, I don't know why I do this. Like, what are the chances of shooting a bear with with a bow in Pennsylvania on public land, you know? So it was it started to get a little windy. It was supposed to get windy for the rest of the day. So I packed it in, went to work, and uh got out of work about two o'clock. I got home and I'll have to introduce my buddy Troy to this story because he played a real big part in this. So I'm sitting home here and I'm like looking out the window like, do you go hunt or do you not? I, I think we've all been there, whether it's raining, it's a blizzard, it's windy, whatever. You're always sitting there and you're contemplating, especially after you've been hunting like every day of the season. So now I still have a doe tag. My buddy Troy has a doe tag and now I have this fresh bear tag that's like, you know, 10 hours old in my pocket at this point. <laughs> So my buddy Troy calls me. He's like, hey, you want to go hunting? And I usually don't hunt with people. I'm what you would classify as a solar hunter. I, You know, it just happens that way. I just kind of do my own thing. If people invite me along, then I always jump on the offer because I'm not used to hunting with people. Mm -hmm. So, and like we all like in our area, we all have like our own spots that we, we hunt and stuff. So, so we get talking on the phone. He's like, where do you want to go? So I threw out a couple of options. He threw out a couple of options. And then as I'm staring out this window, I'm like, Troy, it's pretty windy up here. I was like, do you think of anywhere where we could find some thick pines? And he threw out an area that I hunted years ago, but I haven't been to. I haven't stepped foot on in probably a good five, ten years, probably closer to ten years. And I'm only 29 years old. So that's going back. That's like a third of my life. I haven't stepped foot on this land. <clears throat> so I, I'm all for it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Because it's windy. These, and at this point, I'm I'm in doe hunt mode. 
I'm more like, let me go with Troy. Hopefully he shoots a deer and I can enjoy that experience with him. It really didn't matter to me if I hunted. I didn't have a buck tag. And I had a doe tag and I had this bear tag. But what, what the heck are the chances of that? <clears throat> so we get down to this land. We're walking in. And he killed a buck down there a couple years ago. And he wanted to go up in that area. So I was pretty, I'm still pretty new to this property. And uh, I'm like, you go where you want. I'll just, I'm just going to head down this way and I'll find a tree and I'll pop up in it. So we have our climbers with us. He goes one direction. I go down the creek a little bit more, probably about, probably no more than 150 yards from him. (laughs) So basically... Um, we were hunting the edge of this public piece. There was a private cornfield on one end, and then the public piece actually had a, a conjoined owner, so there was like a soybean field on the other side. So we're in a patch of woods that's only about 100 yards wide, um, and it has a pretty good-sized creek going through it. So I'm sitting there, the, the night's rolling on, um, seeing a couple doe, seeing a flock of turkeys. I mean, it was just overall, it was a good day. And like an hour before dusk, the wind just dies down. Now it's blown probably like 15 miles an hour all day with 20 mile an hour gusts. And then all of a sudden it just calms down. It was like the perfect, you know, the deer probably didn't move much most of the day. And now everything is calm. So in this, at this point, there's not many, I, I hunt a lot of scrub oaks and, and brush and everything. So not a lot of squirrels are in my area where I usually hunt. So Lucky there are you. probably, there are probably like, I'm, I'm not even kidding. There's probably 18 squirrels within like a 60 yard circle of me. <laughs> and I'm at the point now where when I hear something, I don't even look like, unless I see movement, that's not a squirrel, then I'll give it some thought. But <laughs> I'm just watching these squirrels go all over the place and whatever, like all night. So then all of a sudden these squirrels just shoot up in the trees, all of them like synchronized. They just start running up the tree. And then I can hear the footsteps. And I knew that something was coming from behind me out of the soybean field. So I am I stand up at, in my climber, and I'm trying to peek around. Because at this point, I don't even want to shoot a doe. I'm just kind of here as support with Troy, you know. I shot my deer. I had my stuff from my other hunts. I'm like, I'm just here to enjoy the time. And I turn around this tree, and I see this black blob just walking into me. And my first thought is, you got to be kidding me. And then my second thought is grab your bow, you know? So my bow is on the other side. So I got to do that whole, like, you know, where you like turn around the hands, spin the back around. You, yeah. You shuffle your feet around. So I got to, and I'm left-handed. So of course I'm staring at the, like the left, the left side of the tree. So I got to turn all the way back around, grab my bow with my left hand. I turn back around and I'm looking at this bear and he's kind of moving pretty fast. And now I'm thinking to myself, what do I do? Like, I'm going to shoot this bear, but what do I do? I got to stop him. I'm like, what kind of noise do you make to stop a bear? And all this is running through my head in all of about, you know, 15 seconds. I mean, it just happened quick. And sometimes that's the best way to happen because your instincts take over. You don't overthink anything. So I get the bow and I'm drawing back and he's kind of following this drainage up, this little ditch. And it was, it was kind of perfect the way the drainage went because it was going to be at a, at an angle. Where he was walking at me, now he's going to be walking almost quartering away from me by the time he gets to uh, a shooting window. So he comes to about 25 yards on a steady walk, and I'm like, I'm just going to bleed at him. You know, you got to make some kind of sound. The only sound I could think of is a doe bleat. So I'm at full draw, and he's 25 yards. I'm 25 feet in the tree. 
and they're you know and he just stops dead and there was that that time at at that at that moment my pin just buried right on behind his shoulder like rock solid and sometimes you feel shaky sometimes that pin just doesn't move and that was one of those instances where like i drew when i drew back and i put that pin on him it was there and i let that arrow go when i was a younger bow hunter i just had the tendency to watch that arrow and you learned very quick that when you watch that arrow you drop that bow so i never out of all my bow kills i never watched an arrow hit the animal because i was always afraid of dropping it to watch it that i would stay behind that bow 100 percent and never see that arrow and this one for whatever reason i watched that arrow and it just i mean right through the boiler station man it was that i knew from that moment like that bear is dead 100 percent. and <clears throat> so this bear tails off about 30 yards doesn't make a noise you know i mean he's taking the branches with him but he doesn't grunt nothing he runs about 30 yards and just starts walking and I could tell he was almost looked like he was drunk, like he was hurt bad. And he's walking up to my buddy, Troy. So now I'm trying to regain my posture. You know, I hang the bow back up and I pull out my phone and I call and I call Troy. I'm like, dude, there's a bear. Like, I can't even talk. I'm like, dude, there's a bear coming up to you right now. I just smoked him. Like, just watch where he goes. I think it's a good bear, you know, and, you know, we're sitting on the phone and I'm trying, I'm trying to like relive the moment with him and i'm like i hope i hit him good and everything and he's like whoa i see him he's coming up here and like from then on like we were silent for probably about 30 seconds and then like he came back over the phone and he's like dude your bear just laid down right so i'm like all giddy in the tree i'm like holy crap like i can't believe this just happened like what are the chances and then we're going over like what do we do because now it's like probably 20 minutes before dark it's prime time for whitetail so and i didn't want to ruin his hunt so i'm like you want to stay till dark what do you want to do he's like no why don't you start getting down and i'll hang out so at that moment he's like whoa your bear just got back up and uh this bear i guess moved about five feet and then tumbled down this bank into the creek And, like, we knew it was done. He heard the death growl at that point. But I was like, this bear did that on purpose. Like, he could have just stayed up on top of that creek. But <laughs> he tumbled down it and laid right in, right in the water. Um, and I didn't know this at the time. But we kind of, you know, after we went through everything, you could see where he was laying. And I'm telling you, if he moved five feet, that was probably enough to just get over that bank and roll down it. So, needless to say, it made the it made the jaunt out of that creek a lot harder. But... So at this point, I'm starting to get down out of my tree. Um, we pretty much clocked the, you know, stopped the clock on the hunt. It was like, we'll take the bear home and whatever, you know, screw the deer hunt. You know, with the bear scent and everything else, it might not be that great anyway. So I get on the ground, I'm packing up my climber, and I feel my phone going off again, and it's Troy again. And this is where the story, it, it it's a great story, and it has a, a killer ending, but it was still a little disappointing. So I get on the ground phone's going off i'm like what's up he's like timmy there's another bear here i'm like what do you mean he's like there's another bear here it's looking at your bear and i'm like are you sure it's not my bear he's like no he's like i could tell it's looking in into the creek at your bear and i'm like sweet you know like shoot it (laughs) so this bear turns and starts walking right at troy 
And Troy's like halfway down his tree at this point because he's starting to gather his stuff up and get down. And he pulls his bow back up. And this bear walks right into him. And he didn't have a tag. Oh. And he's actually go- going through his backpack at this point while he's on the phone with me. Going, I don't know if I bought a tag. I don't know if I bought a tag. And he's digging through his pack <laughs> oh, no. as this bear's walking to him to verify whether or not he had a tag. And at that oh. moment, after we found out that he didn't have a tag, you know, we were out of luck at that point. So having one bear with a bow was unbelievable enough. But we had the chance to shoot two bear. And, you know, I busted it in the rest of the night. I was like, you realize that, like, $16.70 stopped you from shooting yeah. that bear. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? That's all it costs was $16? That's all it is if you're a resident. And <laughs> and he fell awful. I mean, the, the guy had a rough season to start, and that was just like, here's your moment, you know? And, oh, yeah. man. Regardless, I mean, we are we – are, uh, when it comes to the law, you don't you don't break it. I mean, yeah, as, no. as a hunter and as a sportsman, you just you don't take that bear. You don't have a tag. Sorry, you know, it wasn't meant to be. So, at that point, now I'm sitting on the ground. We're st- I'm I'm personally not 100 percent sure that this isn't the bear I just threw an arrow through, and I'm only like 100 yards away, and I'm sitting there on the ground. I don't even have an arrow knock. Quivers on my pack on my back. You still there, buddy? Yep, yeah, I'm here. Okay, I just I think I found the the, the solution. So go ahead. You said no blood okay. trail. So yeah, there was no sense in following the blood trail. So I picked up my arrow and stuff, and you know that that other bear tailed off. So we go up and you know we look down the creek, and and this bear is expired, and we kind of looked at each other like, holy crap! Like how are we going to get this out of the woods? Because this was not a small bear. Um, I honestly didn't know how big it was. I mean, this is my first bear. I've actually never even been with anybody who has harvested a bear in the woods at this moment in my life so i'm like is that a big bear is that a small bear i know it's not a it's not a cub i mean this thing is like if you stood it up it'd be taller than me at this point and i'm like what are we gonna do so he made a couple phone calls and we at the end of it um i feel addressed it and he went back up to the truck with all the stuff and we had four guys come down and there we were getting this thing out um it probably took now we couldn't we lifted as far as we can to get it through the woods and then as soon as we got to that soybean field that's the uh the co-op with the public land we drug it up to the truck that another 400 yards but i bet you it took us i mean i shot that bear at six o'clock um i think we got back to the truck at like quarter to ten <laughs> i mean it was a long night and i bought everybody pizza and beer and everything for for you know celebrations on halloween but it was it was unbelievable, and I couldn't believe that this bear was as big as it was. Um, so I, now in Pennsylvania, when you do harvest a bear, you need to get it. You have to take it to a check check station. So the next morning, um, ran up to the check station. Um, you had to go to the regional office because again, it was archery season, so they didn't have they didn't have like the uh, the pop up check stations anywhere. So I go up there and. I was kind of a little disappointed um, because they didn't weigh the bear. They kind of just throw a tape around his chest, and he was like, ah, 350. And I'm like, wow, that's a great bear, you know. I'm not thinking anything of it. They pull the tooth, and I go, and I go right down to the taxidermist later that day. And uh, I'm telling my taxidermist, you know, the whole story and stuff and about how they didn't weigh the bear and stuff. And he's like, I have a scale. Let's throw it up. 
and the bear uh, dressed weight was 332. Woo. So <laughs> with the so the game commission was way off. If the dress weight was at 332, what they do is they add 18% for uh, vitals and guts. So that would have made it 393. So that'll wow. be corrected in the books then for 393. But the the skull at this point is getting cleaned, and it's most likely my my taxidermist is he's been in the business for like 40 years and has done nothing other than taxidermy, and he's like that will make Pope and Young no problem. And at that point, I I'm like you know full of emotions because like to not only kill a, a bear with a bow on public land in your home state. But to, for it to be Pope and Young like that, man, it was just, it was unbelievable. So, like, I am itching to get this skull back and take it out to the game commission to get it measured and, and hopefully be writing my name in the books because it, and here I am as, like, a, I mean, I love big game, but most of, most of the game that I chase throughout the year has antlers on it. So, and being where I am in Pennsylvania, you don't get, like, the 130-inch, three-and-a-half-year-old deer. So it's kind of rare to be signing a book in, in this area of the state um, unless you have private land. So for me to like even if someone told me like, look, you're going to you're going to sign a record book for for shooting this bear. I'm like, no way, you know, because I didn't kill a bear, bear in my life. It ain't going to happen. And now I'm just itching to get this skull back. So it's it's it was that was at that point. I had my buck, I had my mule deer. That was just like the icing on the cake. Cause like, and you know, the biggest taxidermy bill that I took on that year, but it is what it is. <laughs> He's not complaining. I promise. No, absolutely not. <laughs> so, um, but I, I'm, I'm considering just starting a GoFundMe page at this point for like, Fun Tim's taxidermy bill. You know? I hope one day I have the same problem as you, my friend. That's uh, I'm, I'm starting to GoFundMe for it. It's a good problem for... to have. Um, yeah, my <laughs> yeah. laws will be decorated nicely a, a year from now, but uh, it's getting to that point. But you know, to look back on everything this year and that bear hunt alone, to be able to share it with my buddy after not really hunting with people too often, you know, it was, it was, it was great. I mean, it just, and I kind of felt bad as any hunter would, you know, that, that puts time into, cause he kind of puts time into that area. You know, like I said, he's killed a buck there the last year or two. Um, so for me to just kind of like bring me down, you know, I, I talked about like where I would like to hunt and he kind of put what I was thinking with the areas that he had available. Um, you know, that was on his mind and it kind of all meshed together. Like we arrived at, you know, we were going to hunt that spot, but to still like go down there and like shoot this bear in an area where you don't typically hunt. It kind of, you kind of get like a heavy heart, you know, because you don't want to, you know, if it was a monster buck that my buddy's been watching, then I would feel 10 times worse. And the fact that he didn't have a tag kind of, you know, well, now see, kind that's... relieve the pain. A little <laughs> yeah, bit. So, I was going to say like, that's. Well, you couldn't really shoot this bear. Anyway, you know? <laughs> I'm doing you a favor yeah, here, buddy. Chance, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we got to get this bear out of here because of the deer population, you know. Oh, but it, it was it was something. It, I, looking back on the year, man, it, it was it was an awesome bear hunt that wasn't meant to be a bear. You know, if I was to kill a bear in my state like that, that would be the way I would want it to happen. Something very spontaneous, unplanned. You know, never having a thought that when I was going to look around that tree 
to something coming into me that it would be a bear, uh, a Pope and young bear to, to boot. But uh, it, it was awesome. I, I can't, I can't even describe it still. Um, you know, and I'll, I'll recite that story to anybody. I give my buddy a lot of credit for just being there and helping me with it. And, you know, it, it was, I'm, I'm at a loss for words after, after that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, you need to, you need to put him on a bear next year. Yeah. I feel like that's my obligation now. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, brother, I'll chase him. I think I'll still chase him again, but you know, I think my heart will always be with, uh, with the rack animals, but, uh, they are fun. I, you know, to chase bear. Um, but I, I honestly think that most of the times that you're going to harvest a bear, it's going to be on a, on a whim kind of like that hunt was. Well, I'd rather, I'd rather be lucky than good any day. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. I mean, I think it's, it, it, it's just as rewarding as, you know, looking at an area and figuring out your game and then capitalizing on something that you've been watching for so long. It's just as rewarding because you still have to put the time and you still have to be there. You still have to make the shot. Um, you know, you still have to go through everything that you do, whether whether you put the scouting time in that specific area or you went on a whim like we did for that night. That's the story. So other than that, it's gearing up for next year. Well, I mean, next year is going to be a letdown given as successful a year as this was. I mean, you might as well just skip next year and, and just start <laughs> hunting in 2019 and be done with it. Oh, man, my internet's so bad right now. Can you still hear me? Yeah, I got you, man. Did you have a did you have a closing thought there, bud? Uh, my closing thoughts. Let's see. Honestly, at this point, um, I closed the books when I left New York on this year. So right now, with the company taking off on the turkey side of things, I'm just gearing up for turkey season at this point. Um, we'll be at the show. We'll be at the largest. Uh, my buddy and I have a company. I'll be at the largest uh, outdoor show in Harrisburg, February third to the eleventh uh, in Pennsylvania. So. You know, if any of your listeners are, are down at that show, definitely stop by the, the Rack Getter and the Turkey Getter booth and talk hunting. Absolutely. And and uh, I might actually be at that show, so I'll stop by and uh, say, hey, if that if it all pans out the way it's supposed to. Well, guys, we, we had some technical difficulties on my end. I'm going to I'm gonna get off the phone and immediately call the 1-800 number and complain to Comcast again. I'm sure that'll get me far, but uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, it's a good story. We did, we got we got 99% of it uh, without any audio problems. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating or review. Don't forget to go follow Tim. Tim, what's your Instagram handle? You've got two of them. And then uh, the company that my buddy and I own, it's at Turkey Getter. T-U-R-K-E-Y-G-E-T-T-E-R. Yep. There you go. Turkey, Turkey Getter in Eastern Backcountry. I appreciate you coming on. All right. Thank you, pal.